Welcome back to Witch Church. It's Mal and happy Jupiter in Pisces. We're here, my friends. We finally arrived. Last time we talked in the May sermon, uh, Jupiter was not yet ingressed into Pisces. But now as we speak uh, on May 20th, 2021, as I record this intro, Jupiter is officially in Pisces. So I'm so excited for this episode. I felt like I had to do something big for the Jupiter in Pisces episode. So I decided to invite on my friends and colleagues, Vanessa and Mandy Ray to do a Jupiter in Pisces panel with me. Uh, So we had an amazing panel discussion where we literally went down a million different paths that has to do with Jupiter in Pisces. We talked about the history of Jupiter in Pisces. Shout out to both Mandy Ray and Vanessa for being profoundly better at astrological history <laughs> than I am. My my astrological talents lie elsewhere, but see this is why this is why I invite um <laughs> I invite historical astrologers that are good with historical stuff on because it's just not my thing. Um but we talked about some like really fascinating snippets of Jupiter in Pisces in the past. But we also kind of talked about, um, you know, the deeper archetypal symbolism behind what is Jupiter as a planet? What is Pisces as a sign? We talked about how current events are already linking up with this Jupiter and Pisces transit. At some point, we even talked about Little Nas and the music video, um, Call Me By Your Name. I don't know, like that part might be my favorite part of the interview and I want to make this intro pretty quick because I really want to get into introducing our guests but the one thing I will say is that the Witch Church podcast beginning with this episode is now on YouTube so if you want if you're a YouTuber watcher kind of person if you enjoy watching podcast interviews on YouTube I'll leave the link to my channel in the show notes and if you want to um, do me a solid and subscribe to my channel and give this episode a like that would be awesome it's been my goal for so long to start a YouTube channel and I won't get into <laughs> I won't get into like the fears and reservations <laughs> surrounding that but um but I will say that it's my goal for this podcast to at least going forth publish all of the interviews on both you know the regular podcast um recordings but also publish them to YouTube so they can also be watched and be more accessible to a wider audience. So I'm so excited about that. If you want to get a different um, Witch Church experience this episode around, feel free to watch this episode on YouTube. I think it's really um, fun to watch us all talking and, um, and communicating with each other. So That's all I'll say. 
All the goods are in the show notes, as usual, my YouTube link, and then also the information with Vanessa and Mandy's social media, so make sure to follow them. I want to just further introduce Vanessa and Mandy. They'll talk a little bit about themselves in the beginning of the episode, but I just want to shout them out here because they're both so amazing. So my first guest is Vanessa Guy, who uses they, them pronouns, and Vanessa is a professional astrologer, astrology teacher, artist, and community creator. Vanessa is a deaf-blind astrologer and the business owner of Astrowork, sorry, Astrowoke, there we go, that offers deaf plus people access to astrological information in sign language. Um, So Vanessa named their business Astrowoke because it epitomizes people's new awakening process while attaining new knowledge of the astrological realm. Ultimately, Vanessa strives to empower others to be more astrologically enlightened in order to lead more fulfilling lives. Awesome. And our second guest guest is Mandy Ray. So Mandy Ray is also a professional astrologer, a musician, an herbalist, a traveler, a mother of two that lives in Birmingham, Alabama. She began her professional astrological career in 2017 and works with clients from the deep south of Alabama to the coast of Australia. (laughs) She's very worldly. And Mandy Ray named her business Ecstatic Astrology because ecstasy means to be or stand outside of oneself. So it was so fun to have both of them on this episode. And uh, what makes this episode special is that not only were uh, me, Vanessa, and Mandy Ray involved in the production of this panel but also Vanessa being a deaf astrologer brought along her two interpreters Els and Veronica so I wanted to say a big thank you to Els and Veronica this is truly the biggest witch church production ever because we had (laughs) five people on zoom and technically this episode encompasses two languages right because we have English and American Sign Language And you'll hear in the recording, um, as Els and Veronica translate for Vanessa, um, Els and Veronica will introduce themselves. So you get used to them kind of switching back and forth. My voice and Mandy Ray's voice stay fixed, but Vanessa's voice kind of changes between Els and Veronica. And there are times in this podcast recording where you'll hear a little bit of a lag, and that's just us all um, making sure that we're on the same page and making sure that we're um, understanding everybody and everybody's kind of caught up in what is being said. So if you watch the video, that will be more clear, but if you're listening to the audio, you might just notice a few more lags Um between our our conversational points than usual. It's nothing that's unlistenable, to be honest. I just don't want to go through and have to edit that many, so I think it's totally listenable. To be honest, <laughs> as usual, <laughs> the one, actually the one audio 
glitch is big surprise my audio um both Vanessa, L's, Veronica, Mandy Ray they sound great the whole time my audio is a little glitchy here and there in the beginning mostly with this volume I don't I still don't know what's happening because I have this fancy microphone that works when I'm recording like I am right now just into GarageBand but um for some reason when I'm on Zoom I don't know if it's my zoom or if it's something that my laptop is doing but I feel like it adjusts my volume in strange ways so (laughs) if if I have any tech people listening (laughs) I give you permission dm me if you think you know my problem with zoom recording why does my voice sound inconsistent in volume can you figure this mystery out for me um yes please (laughs) please reach out if you know the issue. Um, That would be really helpful for my uh, tech challenged mind. Okay. Well, my friends, lots of love to you. Give this episode a lot of love because this is probably the episode that I've worked the hardest on in my um, in my whole, uh, witch church podcasting experience. So share this episode, give Vanessa and Mandy Ray a lot of love. And again, if you, uh, you know, uh, hang out in the YouTube space, give me a subscribe, give me a like, help a girl out. Lots, so much love to you all. Seriously, 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 love you. And, I, I'm sending you so many Jupiter and Pisces blessings. Enjoy this episode. Hey, hey friends, welcome to the Witch Church Podcast. I'm Mal, your host. For those of you who don't know me, My pronouns are she, her, and I'm a professional astrologer, and I also read tarot and do a little energy healing too. So I have a lot of different things on my metaphysical plate, and I'm here with my two friends, Mandy Ray and Vanessa, and today we're going to be talking about Jupiter in Pisces, and we're really going to dig into this really exciting transit. But first, I want to have the opportunity for both Mandy and Vanessa to introduce themselves. So uh, Mandy, if you want to go first, and then we'll jump over to Vanessa. All right. Hey, my name is Mandy Ray. I live in Birmingham, Alabama. I am an astrologer uh, and a musician and a mom. Mom sometimes takes precedence over the others. Uh, I love, love what I'm doing right now. And I'm just fortunate to be doing it. And my business name is Ecstatic Astrology. And I like to say that because I, it does make me ecstatic. It makes me very excited. So I'm very happy to be here. Thank you for having me, Mel. Oh, I'm glad to have you. Yes, I'm really honored to be here. Um, I'm really uh, honored to be involved with this podcast. I think it's going to be a great time. Um, First of all, my name is Vanessa Guy, 
and I am an astrologer. I'm a deaf astrologer, a business owner of AstroWoke, um, which provides services to the deaf community, astrology classes. Um, I live in uh, New York City. And other than that, I'm really excited to uh, be joining this um, and sharing insights with all of you. And I have two interpreters with me who will be speaking for me. So I'd like to go ahead and introduce these interpreters. Hi, I'm Else. I'm the second interpreter, I'm Veronica. Yay, I'm so glad we're here. And I knew that, I knew something special was brewing for my Jupiter in Pisces episode. And because I am a Pisces, I was like, I know this episode is going to be lit. I don't know what it is yet. So when I heard from Spirit that I should ask my two friends, I um, was like, oh, this is such a good idea. But we're going to be talking about Jupiter and Pisces. But I thought it might be nice to maybe start our conversation with a little overview of Jupiter in the past year or so, because Jupiter in 2020 was transiting Capricorn, and now Jupiter is in Aquarius, getting ready to station into Pisces mid-May of 2021. And I thought maybe to kind of start off our conversation, we could talk a little bit about Jupiter and Capricorn, Jupiter in Aquarius, and why Jupiter may not be so lit in these signs. Um, and maybe, Mandy, do you want to start? And then we can give the mic to Venice. Well, yeah, I, I, I think we've all lived exactly what Jupiter in Capricorn and Aquarius feels like. Uh, and if you think of these years, it, it Feel, you can feel it in your bones, you know, and Capricorn rules the bones incidentally. So uh, Jupiter and Capricorn, you know, a sense of optimism was not going to be found with Jupiter and Capricorn. And that's the hard part. Jupiter is the planet of abundance and optimism. And um, like when I think of laughter, I think of Jupiter and uh, Jupiter and Capricorn, which rules the establishment rules and boundaries uh, it just is not as optimistic. It doesn't like to be there. Uh, but we, I think the positive side is that it, uh, coupled with the other planets, I should say that it was with, um, by itself, it might not have been like this, but it, coupled with the fact that it touched Saturn and Pluto and it expanded the breakdown of everything really I mean if you look at your own life and what it broke down um, in order to break through and Jupiter and Aquarius uh, I think we get a glimpse of what that breakthrough looks like and it is the future uh, but the the acting on it doesn't come until Jupiter moves out of Aquarius which is also a Saturn ruled sign so it's it's just been held back by this the boundary of Saturn um, and I have more on that you know, more to say on that when we get more into the Jupiter and Pisces thing, because uh, Jupiter is in the boundary of Saturn physically. I mean, in, in our reality and the modern ruler of Pisces is Neptune, which is out of the boundary of Saturn. So 
I'm really interested to see how this goes um, in terms of, of those two planets, the modern ruler and the traditional ruler. But like I said, I'll get into that later. <laughs> totally. That's such a good point. Uh, Vanessa, do you use the modern or traditional rulers? Yeah, that's a, a good question. Um, So I think more modern, you know, I'm still on the fence. I haven't completely committed to one or the other, but I do see the merits of both sides. Um, I really like the idea of the traditional rulership. You know, for example, um, Jupiter in Pisces is in its rulership. Um, so, you know, I, I, I do, um, hold on one moment. So we have, um, you know, uh, Neptune ruling Pisces in the modern rulership. While we also have um, Jupiter ruling Sagittarius in traditional rulership. So it's interesting to see these different perspectives. So, you know, to talk or to connect to what Mandy Ray just was saying, um, you know, Jupiter and Aquarius. Yes, I do really see um, the merit of that comment. Um, we are focusing more on technology. And now as we transit into Pisces, we are um, talking more about universal things and nature. Um, we're swimming in, uh, you know, more of the ethereal waters of Pisces. Totally. I think that Saturn or Jupiter in a Saturn ruled sign, like Mandy Ray has said, the optimism just isn't there. And the sort of even the belief in God or hope or faith or these seeds of yeah, optimism in the future, sometimes I feel like they can't be found or it's harder to find them when Jupiter is in Capricorn and Aquarius. So it'll be quite a shift depending on your rulership rules, um, depending on whether or not you believe Jupiter to be ruled, or sorry, whether or not you believe Pisces to be ruled by Jupiter or Neptune. Either way, I think we can all agree both the modern and the traditional astrologers can all agree this is a shift, you know? <laughs> absolutely. Yes, yes, absolutely. And, you know, when COVID hit last year, that was the point where we started to realize that we need to find our community. That's Aquarius representing community. So we needed to connect with people through technology and stay home, you know, and we couldn't connect with family and friends in person. So often, you know, uh, what happened with people, they started to get depressed and that energy is transitioning into the Piscean energy. You know, people are, you know, talking about their dreams and their ideas. 
um, and their ideals, their goals, as we transition into Pisces, you know, we're realizing some of those dreams are not coming true. So we're finding our real beliefs, you know, and this is very representative of Pisces. I so agree with that. The finding your, your true beliefs right now. I mean, especially with all of the breakdown and a lot of the plans people had made, I know people who plan things years in advance, you know, like we're going to go to this country in two years and, and things like that. Jupiter ruling travel as well. We can bring that in and how that was just wiped off the plate, you know, no more of that right now. But it, especially people who liked to travel, people who liked to, to plan in advance, that was just taken away. And so then you have, oh no, what do I do now? What do I believe in? What do I even like about my house? What do I even like to, about staying home? You know, what, what, I don't like that wall. Why is that wall purple? You know, whatever. You, and you, you notice things more. You, and, and I could see how um, with Saturn, being the ruler of the signs that Jupiter has been in, how uh, the plans that people want to make and can't make makes it so frustrating because actually Saturn likes to plan and build, uh, but it's just not possible right now. So, you know, maybe that's indicative of other, you know, planets and things like, like Pluto being there in Capricorn. It's just like, nope. Nope, we're going to show you your true self now. You don't get to make plans for the future. You get to live right now. And who are you right now? Uh, and so the, the rebirth that I think is going to happen with Jupiter and Pisces is um, it's definitely spiritual context, right? So you're not going to have, um, I don't think it's going to be party time. Although, I mean, I think it's going to feel a lot better. I think it's going to be a, a deeper optimism uh, of, I really believe this now, you know, my convictions coming out, my, and, and the plans that people made, maybe, maybe people will live more in the now after all of this, you know, maybe that's what Jupiter and Pisces, you know, your intuition takes hold and you can live more presently right now. So that's just sort of what I think about how it's, flowing into Pisces it's coming from this place of, of breakdown and and not being able to the rules being so oppressive you know and now it's like ah maybe we're opening back up that's definitely happening <laughs> in certain areas of the world certain areas are not opening back up and they shouldn't be and I'm not even commenting on whether we should or shouldn't be now anyway um, because Pisces does rule viruses so let's just keep that in mind <laughs> <laughs> totally totally and I'm thinking about on a personal level what's kind of been happening for me in the past year and a half or so with Jupiter in the Saturn ruled signs is that I've had to figure out how to expand within a really strict limitation and I think we've all had to do that. And I don't think we should all just kind of go into Jupiter and Pisces and be like, fuck you, Saturn, like, see you later. Like, because honestly, I learned a lot with Jupiter in the Saturn rule signs. It sucked, but it's also the reason that 
all of us are on this podcast right now. And, you know, it's also the reason why I was able to go full time with my astrology business. I was really forced into a pressure cooker. And I know both of you probably feel similar ways in your lives in sort of the personal influence of Jupiter in Capricorn and Aquarius. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, like you said, you know, with Capricorn, Capricorn's ruled by Saturn. And last year we had Saturn and Capricorn and it was one of the most tough experiences for me um, because that is, was actually my Saturn return. And so that was happening simultaneously with Jupiter and Aquarius. And that applies to the community. Um, it made us realize as a community that we need to, um, we need to take responsibility and you know, how we can change the community you know, and how we can benefit ourselves. So, you know, that spiritual energy is about to start, you know, and yes, we are talking about uh, starting our astrology businesses and everything. Um, so it's a really good start for this transit um, to move into the energy of Jupiter and Pisces. So. I love it. I love it. And, you know, something that I was, and maybe this is an okay place to bring this in, uh, that I wanted to mention about the Neptune Jupiter difference is uh, Jupiter, and like what um, you were saying, Mallory, about learning a lot. And that's what Jupiter is about. It's about learning and knowledge and the things we know. But uh, Jupiter in Pisces is it's a little more receptive, especially if you're looking at Jupiter as the ruler of Pisces. Jupiter in Sagittarius, which it also rules, is, is um, I'm trying to get nouns that are not gendered. So let me say um, penetrative, act, action-oriented. That's what Jupiter in Saturn wants to be. Jupiter in Pisces is uh, more about letting your knowledge evolve and more about um, being open to new things and not being so, um, maybe even though Sagittarius isn't fixed, but it, it seems to be more sure of itself. Whereas Jupiter in Pisces is more about learning at, as you go maybe, or um, having things that you can't deny being put in your face, even though you think you know, um, you know, that's, that's more, I think of what, what, of Jupiter in Pisces as its ruler, you know, well, it's just something I was thinking about the difference in how Jupiter learns in Sagittarius versus Pisces. Totally, totally. And I'm thinking that, um, I was looking at some of, um, our collected notes about the history of Jupiter in Pisces. And I'm thinking that there's some really like beautiful spiritual shifts that the world kind of experienced during this time. And I think that's really what Jupiter in Pisces is all about. No matter who you believe rules Pisces, at the end of the, at the, end of the day, there's something about 
um, spiritual expansion and intuitive knowledge coming easier to us. And I think that's, um, for me, that's really the meaning of Pisces and what Pisces, the meaning of Pisces, what it gets at um, about becoming closer to God in a weird way. I know mm -hmm. some people don't like the word God. Maybe they prefer the word universe or source, energy, source, whatever you want to call it, energy, mother nature. Yeah. <laughs> whatever you want to call it. But at the end of the day, I think there is something about Jupiter and Pisces in both the past mm -hmm. and the future. It's bringing us closer to God, source, mother nature, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. It's, um, I wrote down some notes cause I read, and I think it was Crane was the astrologer's last name. He, he wrote something that really popped out at me and he said, uh, Jupiter and Sagittarius is more ideological and righteous. So the idea of God, right. Or maybe the King James version of God or whatever. And then Pisces is more inclined toward changing perceptions, which you would equate with spiritual revolutions and people getting messages from that God, instead of reading it in a book, you know, reading it in, in the Bible or, you know, um, the Vedas or whatever, manly text that you're human text that you're reading um versus i got this message directly from source and that's what jupiter and pisces seems more like yes absolutely i want to add to that pisces has that almost pros and cons for it where it does have the relations with God and religions and how energies and communication is coming from the source or gods but oftentimes people think that it, you know you're strange or there's an illusion or there's something wrong with this person who's becoming in tune with this they're in an illusion or they're imaginary or they're in denials there's sometimes that sentiment that's there as well that's such a good point. And I think we could go as far as to loosely predict, this is a loose uh, prediction, but I think all three of us would probably agree on that there is some sense of, yes, optimism, yes, celebration, but also there's some delusion coming for us this summer, especially with the reopening process, the arguments with the vaccines, um, you know, all of that kind of stuff. I think it does not matter what you believe when it comes to some of these political issues. I think there's something about Jupiter and Pisces that is like, I have the glasses of my truth and I'm wearing them. And that's how I'm going to go about this. And you know, <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you know, that's actually a perfect example. I'm, I appreciate you bringing that up because Jupiter in Pisces creates, you know, the idea of Jupiter is all about expanding and how things get magnified and get pushed outside of me. They, they get pushed out and expanded 
And oftentimes people think that we're getting luck and blessings. What am I going to be receiving from Jupiter? There's oftentimes that sentiment, but actually it's about what we are benefiting and expanding out in what is being touched by Jupiter. So we have that benefic energy that's coming that can contribute to our health work or the type of work that we're doing because Pluto and Capricorn right now is in retrograde, which means that it's a good time for us to clean our thoughts. If we have any addictions, any old habits, we can get rid of that because Pisces is, has that connection with illusions and Capricorn kind of aids that. You know, it, it helps us finally be able to access and see the truth that is presently there and make those changes. Uh, I want to add to that whenever you're ready. <laughs> totally. Go ahead. Totally. All right. Um, it's that what you're saying about get, um, getting rid of things and or, or just changing things with the South Node being in Sagittarius right now which is Jupiter ruled. So anytime you're looking at the nodes and what signs they're in, you always want to look at the ruler uh, where it's at. And so the South node, which is what we're trying to get rid of it's, it's karmic past. So what we want to keep and what we want to let go of, it can be baggage, but it can also be talents. Right. So, um, and Jupiter being, uh, related to stories. So, we are really trying to let go of old stories, the narratives that we keep telling ourselves that aren't true. And they're just a story that we tell ourselves, you know, and it could be something negative that, you know, your family member said to you when you were young, and then you always believed it about yourself. Even if you don't really believe it, think you believe it somewhere deep down, you tell yourself that story. I look in the mirror, I tell myself that story about my body, whatever it is. And then with the South node being in Sagittarius and then Jupiter moving into Pisces, um, especially with these eclipses coming up, we can really, really harness that and let go and just really, okay, I'm deleting that story um, because Pisces does help dissolve things as well. So I think that's the, some of the power of that South node with the ruler being in Pisces uh, coming up. Yeah, absolutely. We have quite the karmic summer ahead of us. May I, can I can just say that? Like, I feel like there's a lot of opportunities with more expansion, but then I always think that expansion comes at a price. And I think there's also going to be a lot of sacrifices we may have to make as well. Mm -hmm. I totally agree with that. I mean, especially with Pisces being disillusionment too, you know, you think something's so great. That's the rose color glasses thing. It's like, oh, this looks awesome. The summer is like, you know, we're going to be hanging out on the beach with all of our friends. And then, you know, the winter comes back around and that uh, illusion gets ripped right away whenever Jupiter retrogrades back into Aquarius. And that's something too, that, you know, we are, are going to have Jupiter in Pisces for uh, mid-May through end of July, uh, May 14th through, what is it, July 30th or something like that. Um, and it really is interesting that Jupiter is flying through Pisces. 
So it's not going to be there very long. So when it, once it is there this summer, we really need to sort of savor it because it doesn't go back into Pisces until December. And when it does that, it's only there for like three or four months. So we don't have a whole long time of Jupiter in Pisces. Um, so, you know, in that way, we need to sort of savor the, the nice gifts that it brings and then be aware that when it moves into Aries, this is something I noticed in my research is that um, lots of things kicked off when Jupiter moved into Aries, especially after a Jupiter-Neptune conjunction in Pisces. So I did a lot of research on the Jupiter-Neptune conjunctions. We had one in 1690 and one in 1855. It's like every 166 years or something that Jupiter and Neptune conjoin in Pisces. And I wanted to really look at that because of the rulership argument and just, okay, well, what happens when you bring a modern and a traditional ruler together like that? And these cycles being so big, I mean, Neptune's a big orbit. Um, and what I found is I think a lot of the, uh, the things that happened when Jupiter moved into Aries after those were actually formed in the Jupiter, uh, in Pisces moments. So for instance, there were a lot of kings deposed both times, um, or like uh, uh, just people shifting power. That wouldn't have happened without the things being done in the Jupiter and Pisces moment. Maybe people having these um, aha moments, like why do they deserve the power? Why do you know um, big movements as well? A lot of slavery things kicked off around that time. There was 1855. As soon as Jupiter left Pisces and moved into Aries was um, bleeding Kansas, which was when Kansas was trying to um, still have slavery. And they were really trying to hold off these people who wanted to abolish slavery. And so we, what we had was um, a, a very bloody sort of small kind of war skirmish. It wasn't like a war, but they called it bleeding Kansas. And that was like the moment Jupiter moved into Aries. Uh, and so all of these issues get brought up with Jupiter and Pisces, you know, you, the people get these messages, what's right, what's wrong. Well, in my heart, I know that this isn't right. So you get the abolitionist movement and people wanting to abolish that. Um, and then you get people who fight back after, you know, it leaves Pisces. So I think that's something to keep in mind that, um, like I'm looking way, way in the future that, you know, Jupiter moving into Aries uh, may not be super easy. It's a Mars ruled sign. So while Jupiter's in Pisces, you know, I don't know, I, I guess, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but to be very um, in tune, you know, and, and aware of your surroundings because people can be trying to pull the wool over your eyes, you know. <laughs> You know, it's so interesting how astrology is actually able to document different patterns. Mandy bringing that up is crazy because I can totally see that Jupiter in Pisces brings this revolutionary spirit without um, us blindly believing it. In 1821, when Jupiter was in Pisces, it just transitioned into it. Are you familiar with the famous writer, Ralph Waldo Emerson, mm. philosopher? He's the one 
who established the movement called Transcendentalism, the Transcendentalist. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And that had, yes. And that had all the American philosophers and literature writers, all the different people, like there were presidents involved, John Adams, Thomas Jefferson. It, they supported this theory and these ideas. And it created this idea of the new light, which our religion should be based on our emotional connection. And prior to that, the other beliefs and theories were called the old light, and they contradicted the new light. They felt that all religion should be based on what is literal, what is there and available, more logical. There should be a different type of a relationship with God and the two of them conflicted and that went until the 1820s to the 1830s and it wasn't until Jupiter was in Pisces and that's finally when really the thinking started to transform and revolutionize. That is such a good point. I'm like looking to the left, looking for my Emerson. I'm like, where is he? <laughs> Maybe we need a... Uh we need uh, his energy, but I'm thinking about, yeah, that is such a good point. Jupiter in Pisces brings us back to nature as well and how nature speaks a language. And I think it also might bring up how humans have manipulated mother nature in a way that has really quite frankly destroyed this planet i wouldn't be surprised to see jupiter in pisces bring a new wave of climate grief or um, a growing climate concern although how much more concerned can the world be before you know like honestly like you know it's um quite frankly we're at like a, a moment of crisis right so i can really see this being a catalyst like you're saying Vanessa like thinking about how humans are not just connected to what we do or how much money we make we are a part of this earth and that is something that Pisces teaches us I am no better than uh a ant or a seed or a blade of grass or a tree why do I have this like implicit hierarchy over those things when in um, when you think more deeply about it, mother nature is what allows me to be alive. Um, so there might be this sort of push and pull too with how we respect, um, how we respect nature, kind of like the transcendentalists that you uh, mentioned, Vanessa. Yeah, I get this. The, for the Jupiter-Neptune conjunctions that I was researching, both times Uranus was in Taurus. Both times, and it's happening again. And I don't know if maybe that's just the way their orbits are, are lining up, but in 1690, Uranus was in Taurus, and in 1855, Uranus was in Taurus. And now here we're having it again with Uranus in Taurus. And it's interesting because 
Um, I did notice some things that are very Taurus related happening during those Jupiter Neptune conjunctions, like um, uh, Barclays. Barclays was founded, which is an investment firm, um, a very, it's been around since what, 18, I think it was 1855 or something. Maybe that was the 1691. The Bank of Toronto was formed um, in 1855. So, I mean, that's some Taurus themes coming through as well uh, with these Jupiter-Neptune conjunctions. Um, and that was just in those. So, you know, you have to wonder with Bitcoin, you know, you have the the Taurus mother nature stuff definitely happening. And that, then with cryptocurrency, you have the, the bank stuff happening so it will uh sextile uh uranus uh, before it hits neptune jupiter will and i'm really interested to to see what's going to come of that jupiter uranus sextile because sextiles are an opportunity right so what is our opportunity it is maybe to uh, live more closely to mother nature and it is maybe to decentralize currency and all of the the tourist things maybe uh beyond meat gets another boost and they find out a better way to even do that you know our food supply um so you know just something to look at that that really matches what you guys were saying yes and i want to add something that's supportive of what you were just saying mandy is that the climate change in california or actually Mallory was saying about climate change. I just find it all so amazing because there's such an alignment happening. In California, their environment, environmental concerns started a while ago. They have droughts, they didn't have water, and then they had torrential rainpour. About six years ago, they had a lot of rain, and now they only get maybe 10% to 30% of rain annually. It's so little, it's simply not enough to support them. And everything with the food supply, a lot of it for our country comes from California. The fruits are grown in California. A lot of the meat is there. And so when we think about farmers, if they're not getting the water to nurture their crops, if they're not able to create the food supply chain for us, how do we set up our own acres of land? And how does that get managed? How do we support homes on this land if we can't nurture and grow crops like gardens? So now Uranus in Taurus, Mandy, I'm curious. Mandy, I'm curious when Jupiter is conjunct, um, which planet did you say it was soon? And when was that? Could you remind uh, me? Yeah, so it will um, sextile Uranus. I believe that's going to be early next year. Oh, let's see where that is. In, in which, with which planet? Uh, uh, Jupiter in Pisces will sextile Uranus in Taurus. So that's in February of 2022 is when that will happen. That's exactly what I was looking for. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And, you know, just watching all of that, um, I, I've really started to become sort of an astrology weather nerd. I don't know why. And just equating Jupiter with weather patterns and it, it's tended to um my theory is working out i think i mean uh with jupiter and air signs um I, we see upticks and tornadoes uh and so maybe with jupiter and pisces we'll see more rain that would be great maybe you know i know that that 
lots of the country hope for for rain right now and that's the thing but also climate destabilization i mean i think maybe you'd see that more with a square than a sextile um but it, it does bring opportunities so you know I also think of how connected uh, money and and banks and things like that are to how we treat our environment and why how we will just push that money making machine forward no matter what it doesn't matter if it destroys the environment or not um, and so if we are decentralizing currency with you know uh, I know that crypto uh, currency is kind of a polarizing thing uh, to some but with with the decentralization of that, it it does put more power back into the hands of people who might actually care about the environment, you know. And so shifts in power, that being a Jupiter Neptune thing that I've seen, which is coming, and then also Uranus um, having that sextile to it, uh, that wouldn't surprise me either. If there was, you know, maybe some big corporations that got yanked off their platform, I would I'd be happy about that. <laughs> Definitely. And, you know, this is blowing my mind. Like this is getting my, um, my mind thinking at 100 miles an hour. But I'm thinking too that there's something about Jupiter in Pisces, co-present with Neptune in Pisces. Kind of going off of all of our intuitive inklings that there's something about, yes, the material kind of banking, money, um, those kind of problems that maybe Uranus and Taurus brings, but then being paired with the Jupiter and Pisces being called for into more of a deeper connection with communing with the earth. Mm. It's kind of reminding me of um, indigenous wisdom and how indigenous wisdom has been so lost. And Vanessa, going back to your point about California, I think that's such a astute point to make because one of the reasons California has been having so many wildfires is because the indigenous wisdom has been lost. The indigenous people used to have like yearly burnings of small contained fires, so the bigger ones would not happen right? So the further we get away from indigenous wisdom, and even just the further we get away from our connection to the mother nature, the more chaotic things get, you know, the more wildfires we have, or even um, it's almost as if we're pissing off Zeus, which is hilarious because Jupiter is Zeus. Um, so it's this opportunity when Jupiter is in Pisces. Can we, can we develop a deeper connection to the sky god and um, in order to improve some of our circumstances? <laughs> I totally agree. I mean, I, I looking at the 20, I was looking at the last, um, Jupiter through Pisces, which was 2010. Where's my notes? I was furiously writing notes on this because it was just so fascinating. Um, but I found that I believe Uranus was co-present in 2010. Um, if it was not that, it was the 1998 one. Don't quote me on it. One of the two was co-present and we had lots of earthquakes. 
um, in Pi- even though it was in Pisces. And I was like, wow, the, there's your, there's your thing right there, you know? So, um, it makes sense with Jupiter being natural law and nature, uh, and then being in Pisces, which is way more connected to the all, to the everything. Uh, and then it's sextiling that Uranus, what you're saying. And, you know, like I'll keep bringing up the Jupiter Neptune research I did, but there were actual indigenous uprisings at both of those. Uh huh. And um, I believe it was um, Montreal was sacked in 1690. I mean, obviously they were just brand new colonies, but the, I think it was the Iroquois completely sacked Montreal in, in the Jupiter Neptune conjunction. And then in the 1800, the 1855 one, there was also something that I can't quite remember. Um, but it's so crazy that you brought up the indigenous stuff because that stood out to me in my research. See, this is why I don't, I don't have to study history. I just, I just intuitive. I'm kidding. It's, it's right. It's it messages. It, it was an intuitive hit. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't even need to study it. Um, I'm wondering, um, was there any other uh, like shocking things that you any of that stuck out to both of you in your historical um, research? I know we're talking a lot about like weather patterns and I'm guessing we should have kind of a pretty interesting summer with that. Um, But yeah, anything else like that maybe has to do with more religion or spirituality or really anything else um, that felt exciting in like a historical context? Yeah, the 1691, uh, the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction in Pisces, uh, that was the protestant catholic wars in england and they were really i mean that i was i think like when you think of that that's the one that's the protestant catholic wars um uh, there was a, a king that was deposed um because he was catholic and then they installed the protestant uh so some some things like that i'm also looking at least for the future at QAnon stuff cult stuff um, I haven't quite gotten that far in my research for the Jupiter Neptune conjunction, but my my theory is that if it's going to increase delusion, that we may have some of this, um, you know, people being so deluded, that, you know, we lose them. I don't know. <laughs> Did you have anything, Vanessa? Okay. So, you know, what you were talking about, Mandy Ray, you're talking about revolution and religion. It's making me realize, um, you know, that we're talking about a chaotic energy when Jupiter's in Pisces. Um, There tends to be this chaos. So because it's the last sign, it's the last sign of the zodiac, perhaps um, it's the end of things. That's what it's making me think about. Um, For example, um, let's see here. I, w- I want to comment about, uh, you know, Pisces is about the universe. It's about universal law. Um, it includes language and how we communicate spiritually and how we connect with each other, with our eye contact and our body language. Um, and with the way we are attuned. Um, attuned telepathy. 
and attuned into with telepathy with telepathy and so one example with religion um with hindu philosophy um hold on just a sec here so we're talking about 1785 there was a writer um who uh williams who was um an eastern uh writer sir charles wilkins and uh we're talking about the bhagavad gita so this is a very popular book in india and in the hindu religion um and they decided to translate this uh, book to English um, so that the European population could have access to it. Um, and this really changed the idea um, that was happening there. Um, and when, uh, when George Washington, um, hold on one moment here. The, the revolution was led by the changing of ideas. So everything changed um, based on beliefs that were happening. Um, and there were tensions that were going on. You know, and we thought that uh, we believed in one thing and then there was this new interpretation that came and it changed the ideas of everything. Um, there was this boundless energy um, with many truths. Um, this quality of limit, limitlessness So that was, you know, a bit chaotic. It created chaos. Absolutely. You know, another thing too that matches what was what you're saying, Vanessa, with the language and all of that is that I found out uh, there were there were things happening that involved the dissemination of information. For instance, in 2010, when Jupiter was in Pisces, Google was founded. There's one. Uh, another one was they, um, there was the first, oh, the Daily Telegraph was founded in 1855, which was the um, Jupiter-Neptune conjunction time in Pisces. Uh, and then one of the first publications in America called Public Occurrences happened in, six, in the 1691. So um, something to think about that because Pisces does tend to... Um, disseminate i mean like if you were going to think of fog you know water held in a glass if you boil it, it it disseminates the water into the air so if jupiter is knowledge and uh and language and the dissemination of information could be a thing how that you know comes about um i think with google in 2010 i mean that is like the place people go for information. If you need anything, you go to Google. That was a Jupiter and Pisces moment. You know, that's so wild to me. Yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah, it's really fascinating to see these patterns that repeat over and over again and to see this same kind of chaotic energy that brings great change. Um, and in the end, you know, this is what makes us more enlightened, um, you know, and more connected with the universe. So true. Maybe we'll get a change in our educational system. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? I mean, because 
Jupiter rules education and higher education and Pisces, you know, tends to can be the end of things like we're saying, and we really need an overhaul of that. And maybe that's just my personal opinion, but I mean, that would be wonderful. And I think we're getting there. We're getting to that point. I mean, with the advent of uh, online classes and, and also with a good look at how much money people are spending for a degree that someone told them they needed and maybe they didn't actually need, you know, and, and these businesses, companies, um, I saw an article the other day that said that they're starting to not require degrees. And I, th I think that a shift in that would be wonderful. And Jupiter and Pisces would make sense because we're right here at the, the end of this pandemic, hopefully maybe that'd be great. And, um, and, and, education is going to have to either get back to the way it has always been, which I don't see or shift, which would make sense. So I'm hoping for that, you know, along with all the other good things, I don't feel like we've talked about many of the good things Pisces can bring. We've been like danger, which is kind of like, okay, it is. I mean, I have a Pisces moon and Pisces can be difficult energy. So maybe that's what needs to come through a little bit is that Pisces can be quite difficult. And the call is into this spiritual place because of that, you know? So maybe that's something that did need to come through. There are good things though. <laughs> totally. They call us old souls because we've been through some shit. So, <laughs> uh, and I also, I'm thinking about, yeah, your, your point to how Jupiter in Pisces will expand education. Something I'm thinking about is, at least um, in America, a lot of young American Zoomers, um, you know, they have Pluto in Sagittarius. And not to get too technical, but if we have this like whole generation of kids in school with, with Pluto in Sagittarius. So in a way, this Jupiter transit is going to be squaring their Pluto. Mm. And that for me kind of feels like <laughs> revolution. Um, it's almost like the student becomes um, not smarter than the teacher, but it's becoming really apparent that there is like third graders who are more woke than like, <laughs> like their, their grandparents or whatnot. And I think these new generations are also more spiritually attuned. These younger generations are really into astrology, spirituality, and even just generally equality and feeling committed to um, facing some of the world's issues that previous generations haven't been able to face. So I see that also factoring into the whole educational reform. Like you can't be a teacher teaching these old ideas and expect all of these Pluto and Sagittarius kids to want to listen to you because Pluto and Sagittarius are gonna like get up and leave the school and go to a protest, you know? <laughs> That's exactly how my 13 year old is. <laughs> totally. Okay. Yeah. And I wanted to add something. 
um, one perfect example. Um, do you know that um, artist, um, Leela's ex? Linus X? Oh, I think so. Oh, Little Nas X. Oh, yes. <laughs> you know that song, the name? Um, call Me By Your Name. Call Me By Your Name, yes. Yeah, yeah, is that right? Okay. That's right, I it's love that you bring this up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. So his Pluto's in Sag. And I studied his actual birth chart. Um, and so I saw that uh, he has Pluto in Sagittarius and is making music about, uh, you know, about protest and about revolution, you know, and supporting these kinds of ideas is really perfect for Pluto and Sagittarius. Yeah. And being associated with the devil as well. Totally. And now I'm thinking of the music video that Little Nas X made, which had such an uproar with him, you know, sliding down the stripper pole into hell and basically having sex with the devil. Um, you know what I'm thinking? Yeah, about? exactly. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm thinking about that, though? Um, I'm thinking about going back to your point, Vanessa, about how Jupiter in Pisces really expands our view of God and spirituality. And what little Nas was doing was not necessarily satanic. He was more making commentary on how, um, you know, Christian ideology has shamed him for his queerness. Exactly, about his queer identity, you know, to coming out, you know, as a queer person. Exactly. And there's something about Jupiter in Pisces, um, and this is kind of blunt, but there's something about Jupiter in Pisces that's like, God is queer or like God is gay or like something. Like, like there's something about um, free love or... Um, or just kind of not living by these uh, puritanical rules that unfortunately are still so present, at least in American society in 2021. So I think that's going to be exciting to see the cultural shifts as well surrounding them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Exactly. You're on it. I hope so too. So another thing that I want to bring up, and I'm happy that you brought up education and spirituality, because if we look into history, there's the famous guru leader called Yogonada Paramihansa. He was the very famous spiritual leader, Yogananda. And when Jupiter was in Virgo, when it just transitioned into Virgo, Virgo is actually in the opposite sign. It's in the opposite sign of Pisces, right? It's about service and contributing to people. And then when we look into, sorry, 18, if, sorry, if we look into 1920, that's when he came into America, his role was all with service and for health. 
and then he transformed the American thinking in regards to yoga. Because America in the 1920s, Americans didn't know about yoga. It wasn't relevant to them. It wasn't around. They weren't exposed to it. And it wasn't until Yoganada came into the States. And from there, he introduced it. And in 1926, Jupiter was in Pisces. And that's when his teaching and the spiritual community started to adopt those practices. And Yoganada was able to set up an organization called Self-Realization Oh, let me look it up. Oh, hold on. I'm, I'm sorry. It's the Self-Realization Fellowship. And so what's funny about that is that in 1935, that was happening, but at 19, I'm going to hold off on that, but in 1927, that's when the the guru came, it's hard for me to finger spell guru, by the way, it, 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 <laughs> the fingers really close to each other. But you know, Jupiter was in Virgo for a long time, then it went into Pisces. And that's how the information got disseminated. And that's how the expansion of the services that were already in process were able to spread across the United States. And then in 1935, that's when the organization, the American Realization Fellowship was set and that was during the time where Scorpio was present and so Scorpio is our self-realization house right it's the ending sign of the zodiac cycle it's where we sort of wake up does that make sense everything that I'm explaining I just think it's so interesting how everything links with each other and how that relates to education and spirituality and how that even transforms our experience as well yeah I I love it yeah and you know Another thing that you could even kind of riff off with that is uh, maybe legalization of drugs as well, which I mean, can open your mind spiritually. Uh, so especially if you're talking about plant medicines, psychedelic medicines and uh, Pisces rules, uh, psychedelics and drugs in general and escapism. Uh, so, you know, I think especially with it being so close, I mean, you hear it on the news, you know, people are thinking about, you know, um, legalizing it. Legalization on a federal level may not be that far away if we're, you know, like you said, I want to throw around predictions, but it could be um, a Jupiter and Pisces thing that happens. And especially with also um, uh, mushrooms, being used ketamine being used in um uh also um ecstasy being used in like um psychological settings you know where people are are guiding others through uh maybe trying to work through like ptsd and things with those sort of medicines so if pisces is also healing you know that that seems similar to the yoga i mean because yoga will open your mind just like psilocybin will in my opinion so that that those two things go right hand in hand totally totally and i'm thinking too about um yes pisces kind of ruling over these substances that can alter our minds and we can link that back to neptune as well to be honest, I don't know if it's traditionally a Neptune thing or a Pisces thing, but um, either way, I think that this question of how 
plant medicines can alter our minds. It's funny because it's coming directly from, I think, this time period where we, for the past year, we've been in a pandemic and a lot of us have realized how bad our mental health got or have realized, oh, workaholic culture was an addiction for me to cover up something that I was avoiding. So it's, again, we can see how Jupiter and Pisces, like we've been saying, is the ending of things in the way that shit has been brought to the surface. And now Jupiter and Pisces is going to teach us how do I face this and transcend it. It almost reminds me um, of almost the process of um, like a plant medicine ceremony, which by the way, I don't have any experience in, but what I can kind of gather is that, you know, the plant medicine is one thing, actually being in the ceremony is one thing, but then integrating the experience is another thing, right? And the plant medicine is essentially useless and can even be harmful if you're not going to do the integration work that needs to be paired with it, right? So there's something with that, I think about Jupiter and Pisces being like, we're going on the trip, but then once Jupiter moves into Aries, it's like, now we kind of integrate this and it might not actually be pretty, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think we need to keep an eye on uh, the people that we know, not that we need to take on responsibility for it, but certainly people who have trouble with addiction um, tendencies, uh, keep an eye on them during this transit. I think it's important to be said because if, um, if the, you know, people are isolated as well. I think that there's real danger in, in uh, people accidentally ending their own lives. Pisces tends to uh, be a time in my research and in, in my practice, I look at, at charts and I see that Pisces is a time when people souls choose to leave. It's really ethereal. You know, you can, if I was going to choose for my soul to leave, it'd be during a Pisces time. You know what I mean? So, I mean, in, framing it up that way it's just important um especially after the last few years that we've had to really support each other and maybe that's the jupiter and aquarius coming out um to really you know lock in to the people that you can count on that can you can um, that support you and the people that you support uh before this transit because i think some people will barely be hanging on and whether that be that they're letting go into a cult or letting go into this drug or letting go into, um, they run away to the ashram. It doesn't matter where they're running away to, you know, um, maybe being a grounding force, especially if you have a a lot of earth in your chart, you know, you may be called on (laughs) during this time. It's really easy to float away during Pisces season. And I know, I know how easy it is to float away. absolutely (laughs) yeah you know I almost feel called 
to ask both of you on an individual level, how you are, if you're planning on using this energy or if you're already noticing a shift in your own life, it could be positive or it could maybe be, I don't know if there's a challenge being presented as well. I know I personally have already kind of felt Jupiter and Pisces coming uh, for me and maybe this would help the listeners kind of connect on more of an individual level with both of you and hearing your stories kind of be like, oh yeah, like that's kind of happening for me too, you know? So uh, maybe Mandy, do you want to start and then we'll, we'll go to Vanessa. Sure. Uh, yes, I plan on using it. Yes. I'm also scared of it. <laughs> both. Um, I, it's going into my ninth house, um, where my moon is. Uh, and so my, and this is the way I framed it up for even clients is that it's going to really give us a preview of what's possible at least this summer. Uh, so, you know, the May through July transit is only the first couple of degrees of Pisces. Um, so unless you have a planet right there or at the early degrees of maybe mutable signs or whatever, um, it, I think it really will be nice to use it during that time. Venus will be in cancer, um, in June. Uh, so that trine with Jupiter and Venus, I don't know exactly what I'm going to do. I have a feeling it's going to be just putting myself out more, um, and, and using it that way, but also inspiration. I am, uh, inspiration has been super hard to come by. Uh, I don't know why I'm a musician. I'm an astrologer. I, you know, do all the creative things. I paint all, all of it. And I just, it's been super, super hard to come by. So, uh, I'm really looking forward to it for that reason. Um, but in terms of it, like perhaps, um, confusing me more maybe, or, uh, feeling a little disillusioned by something with my moon, you know, uh, emotions. That's something I'm sort of bracing for because it's not just that I've had Neptune on my moon and I have Scorpio and cancer in my chart prominent. So, uh, water, just having more of it is like, okay, I can handle this. I can, I'm going to channel it into the creative part. I'm going to channel it. Um, but yeah, inspiration for sure. I just have to admit, Mandy, that I love your explanation. I'm so excited for your journey and your relationship with Jupiter and Pisces and how that will manifest for you. And so for Mallory's questions, my responses is yes, yes. And I'm very excited for this energy because Jupiter is transiting into my 10th house. Actually, it's my ninth on the cusp of my 10th house but it's still very expansion and it'll help with my spiritual journey as an astrologist. And I really believe that this type of experience will help build my confidence with who I am and what resources I have and really making what I want to be happening and expanding my impact with my spiritual relationship within the deaf community with astrology as well. I think that's pretty much what I am looking forward to. That's so beautiful. I feel like we all are really going to be using this transit for our, for astrological expansion in our own careers as well. And it's funny, 
we have three astrologers here who all are men are going to mention astrology, but I I'm also about to mention astrology um, with this transit because Jupiter in Pisces is also going to be in my ninth house, and um, I am going to uh, oh. yeah, I'm going to be studying with a new teacher starting this summer, and I just I feel more committed than ever to this path. Um, in a lot of ways. And I really do have Jupiter in Capricorn and Jupiter in Aquarius to thank for that in a weird way, because the way it limited me, now I get to expand into this new path that I feel really aligned with. So that's maybe what I would say to anybody listening. I think that what is aligned becomes really obvious and it probably already is pretty obvious to you and I think Jupiter in Pisces will kind of give us the um maybe the courage to go after what we feel is in alignment and can I just say as a double Pisces myself sometimes a little bit of illusion is good in a way, because sometimes people who do have a little bit of delusion in within them are able to achieve, achieve great things because they're able to go after something that is quote unquote unrealistic to everybody else. And they end up going after the thing and they're like, yeah, I can do this. And they just do it and they make it happen. So it could be a really good time in a way if you're a weirdo and you're starting your own business or you're an artist or you're, um, you know, you're someone who does something really unconventional, man, like this is your time. This summer, at least put something into, um, into the universe. I don't know if you both agree or if. Um... Yeah. I mean, I think that's why Kings ended up getting deposed right after is because someone had the delusion that they could get the King off the throne and then they did, you know, and that's why, but absolutely with, with that, um, you know, I keep thinking that this summer is, is definitely the inspiring, the most inspiring moment, I think um, of the transit, because when Jupiter retrogrades back into Aquarius, I think we can go back in and tweak our goals and, and tweak our community and tweak our networking um, because it is a redo, you know, so you get to see the preview of next year very briefly this summer, and then you get to go work on how you're going to do it. And if you really kind of um, harness that and work with that energy and know that when Jupiter moves back into Aquarius, that's the time you can, you can work on it. You can really bring these delusional thoughts into reality. Why not? You know, you can say, you know what, I'm going to plan to depose the King in April. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, that is when Jupiter moves into Aries. April of next year I think I think it's April so yeah that's so that's so um true and I'm thinking that um where do we want to go next 
I'm thinking that um, maybe we could talk about the kind of, because we're kind of winding down here. I'm being mindful of the time that we have left together, but I'm thinking that maybe some, You know, I actually would like to add a part. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but if that's okay, we can we can add it if we need to. Please, please, but, please go ahead, jump in. I almost am losing my thought. Uh, Mallory, what you were just saying about the transits with Saturn and Aquarius, I think that is when people really start to focus on their transition, their spiritual journey and setting up their businesses. And so when we're in Pisces, we become more expansive, we are more intuitive. And then that gets intergrained with Saturn and Aquarius because we have the sense of responsibility that's there. You know, your, your sense of as an astrologist, I shouldn't have a degree, I should be teaching it myself, or I should teach my own self. And then with when you switch back into Pisces, then you want to have that degree and there is the conflict that's happening there some people want to do it themselves some people want to have that degree standing behind them and your comment there really impacts me just for my own view of jupiter and pisces in my 10th house i am expanding on my journey now as a professional wanting to expand my reputation i want people to acknowledge me more i want to be able to demonstrate who I am more seriously and have that recognition within the community. I want to take on more of the responsibility of being an astrologist and a spiritual person and getting the certifications that I need. And sometimes I feel conflicted with it. And so with Jupiter and Pisces, that can cause that sense of disillusion, you know, my confusion with my role, should I be an astrologist? Should I go a different route? And luckily, though, I know that Saturn is an Aquarius, and so that's where I'm trying to frame these restrictions and trying to do it appropriately. And so it is really interesting if we look at the layers of the energies that are influencing us at the same time. Totally, totally. And this is kind of bringing me to maybe a lesson that we will all learn in a different way with Jupiter in Pisces is that when we take on more responsibility, or when we expand, sometimes we have to be careful what we wish for because more expansion means taking on more responsibility. And to your point, Vanessa, now I'm kind of thinking um, this might be interesting to the fellow astrologers who are listening, but now I'm kind of thinking about how Jupiter in Pisces will affect the astrological community because it's definitely a growing community. Um, it's somewhere where there's certainly a lot of love and there's a lot of community, but then there's also a lot of arguments like should astrologers be, um, be uh, trained in some traditional way? Can astrologers be self-taught? Who should be teaching this? Um, should I get a certification? There's all these questions. And I think Jupiter in Pisces, Jupiter being the planet of the law, you know, like there is going to be maybe something even in our own communities. I don't know what you both think about that, but there could be some ethical, moral discussion going on with who is allowed to be an astrologer 
and who is allowed to make astrology content, um, which is a big topic for all three of us because all three of us are astrology content makers, but we're also professional astrologers pursuing um, certification in some way. So, Yeah, my um, thoughts on that are that I just hope there isn't a bad apple that gets uh, to the gets to the mainstream, you know, because it, that's that's something astrology does not need is someone misusing their platform or, um, you know, leading a cult or something like that, which is you know possibility. Uh, and I, you know, looking at the transits coming up with Saturn still being in Aquarius, Saturn being the taskmaster and Aquarius ruling astrology. There is definitely that connotation. And then, um, you know, we have the Mars-Venus conjunction coming up as well in Leo, which will oppose that Saturn, maybe not exactly during the conjunction, but it is something to think about. Um, You know, people getting a a large ego in this business and, uh, you know, it feeding um, the egos of maybe uh, the wrong people or something like that. And I could definitely see that being the case as it expands that Piscean fog and um, illusion and someone maybe looking so wonderful and then being the guru that leads them over the cliff, you know, and that's not the cool thing, you know, so maybe, maybe, um, maybe we'll avoid that somehow because Saturn's in Aquarius Um or we will, there will be a reckoning. It's hard to, hard to say, but uh, I can see where you'd say that. Hmm. Yeah, I can see that everything is, you know, related with Pluto as well in Capricorn. Um, we see a test of our morals, you know, between what's right and what's wrong. And soon, I think that we've got 2024, Pluto's going to switch to Aquarius, right? So 2024? Three. Oh, 2023. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I think that's going to be the right time for us to be testing our morals. We're leading up to this. You know, with Aquarius, everything is shifting. So, you know, I'm curious about Pluto and Aquarius. Now, I know we're focused on Jupiter and Pisces. So I want to uh, well, I mean, Jupiter will sextile Pluto and Capricorn when as it goes through Pisces. So that's a good, you know, good point. I always like to think of planets as handing each other messages as they make connections or pass, pass each other, you know, and Jupiter and Pisces looking at Pluto going, hey, when you go, get into Aquarius, you got to fix this. <laughs> I also, I like the idea of, um, let's just put it in the calendar now. We'll do another panel for Pluto in Aquarius. Because <laughs> um, I like I like these panel discussions with you too. But I'm also thinking too about Jupiter in Pisces going back to the influence on the collective. I think also we're noticing... Um, almost like a a new age phenomenon, um, kind of like something that would have happened in the 1960s or 70s. Like, although it's not necessarily 
the new age spirituality that we're seeing right now that's up and coming we're seeing um almost like a social media version of new age spirituality that went on in the 1960s and i'm thinking about how there's something about the amount of spiritual content that is being produced, maybe the guru complex that is kind of going around, the ability for people to be disillusioned by others. And I think it would be a really great time this summer if you are interested in spirituality or astrology to really check in with your gut. Um, you know, when it comes to who you're following, whose content you are um, consuming, even my own, even Mandy's, even Vanessa's, like, you know, I'm not putting myself on a pedestal by saying this, like, maybe it's time to kind of check in if there's going to be maybe a shift into even more mass-produced spiritual social media content. Yeah, really checking in with what energy you're allowing into your space. You're not far off. Jupiter was in Pisces and Saturn was in Aquarius in 62. And uh, Uranus was opposite in Leo where it is now. So I I think you're you're right about that same energy being, oh yeah, it was a Saturn-Uranus opposition. That's right. And now we're at that third quarter square. So yeah, I think you're right on with that. And I think that's great advice because goodness knows, even I have succumbed to, uh, you know, following the guru teacher and not realizing what was drawing me to them was not exactly the right thing. You know, it was a part of my shadow side that was drawing me to that person. Uh, And then that person had a big fall and uh, you know all of a sudden my teacher goes down and it's like what do I do with the teachings and why was I drawn to that person so um that's something I've already been dealing with over this last year actually and and it's super important to remember humans are humans and um check in with what is drawing you to them is it a part of your shadow side you know like or is it something is it coming from a pure place um uh do you do you sense anything in them you know i think that's great advice it's such great advice because um all that ends up happening when you realize you've um maybe uh put too much into a guru which i just like to say guru because a lot of times we end up making a teacher into that even if they don't want the label even if they don't want to be a guru the guru gets labeled by the followers half of the time. Um, And so what ends up happening is when the guru gets brought down, which that could also be another possibility uh, during this whole transit is the guru gets pulled off the pedestal and then where it leaves the person that is in this very um, uh, self um, flagellation type place where you're just kicking yourself. Like, how did I get duped? So, um, that it's just something to definitely watch for and and check in with yourself. I think you're right for sure. Yes. Yes. That's definitely reminding me, uh, uh, like a cult leader. Is that what you're talking about? Like Charles Manson? 
Oh yeah. Yes, exactly. That was a cult that happened. Um, that was, I think in the nineties, right. With Jupiter and Pisces. Manson would have been earlier, but there's been plenty of cults that we could probably find happening in Jupiter and Pisces. Yeah. I- <laughs> We'll see when this one Yes, it's fascinating. Uh, 60s. So that would have been prob- uh, probably 62 when Jupiter was in Pisces. So that would make sense. Wow, that. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. Wow. Yeah. Um, Vanessa, have you, do you, um, do you have any intuitive feelings about how people can stay grounded during this transit and maybe not get stuck into the guru complex or whatnot because I'm thinking one of the things that I admire about you is that you're a very like proud self-taught astrologer and I think um, it's not that you haven't had teachers but you have taught yourself so much and I think that's something that maybe people are losing because there's so many classes and so much pressure to learn from this teacher or that teacher. Um, sometimes it can be hard to ground yourself in your own knowledge. Um, I'm wondering if you have any like guidance or advice for anybody listening who might be in that place. Yeah, so during Jupiter and Pisces in this upcoming transit, um, obviously it's gonna be testing our intuition. So we need to have a good relationship with our intuition. And, you know, I do teach students astrology, Um, you know, and it's not just a one-way transaction. This is a mutual benefit. We're teaching each other and I'm improving my teaching style, my system. Um, you know, and I'm increasing my intuition as well as I connect with the group and the community. So the point really is that obviously with Pisces, we have to follow our intuition. This is the challenge that we have. Um, you know, the flood of emotions and, you know, caring for that. So I think it's a good time to, you know, to, uh, be near water, um, you know, to plan to go to the beach during the summer, um, you know, go to a lake. Um, summer is going to be a really good time for us to connect with water. So that's the advice that I have and to stick to our intuition. That's such a good point. And I feel like that might actually be the perfect ending point because, I mean, it's Jupiter and Pisces. We might as well end on an intuitive note. Uh, and leave the audience with that to think about because I'm sure that many of us, including myself, um, who works as an intuitive, you know, is always reckoning with what is intuition, what is anxiety, and I plan that, I'm assuming that Jupiter and Pisces will also have something to do with that question as well, so it's a perfect ending point. Thank you both so much for joining me today. I could not have done it without you. I needed your historical knowledge and I am not a dates kind of person. And 
both you are much better at history than I am. So I really appreciate your knowledge. <laughs> thank you so much for having me, Mallory. And thank you, Vanessa. This has been wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me and including me in this group. It's been really fun and I've enjoyed it uh, with a lot of great insights. Um, and I've learned a lot. I've enjoyed it so much. Awesome. And we'll be back. Mandy and Vanessa will be back for the Pluto in the Pluto in Aquarius panel. Um, yeah. Or maybe even earlier if we have another outer planet shift before then. We'll we'll have them back and we'll have to make a tradition out of doing a, a panel before every outer planet shift because I just I love it. I like our energy together. <laughs>